The podcast world is growing bigger every day and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover a personally curated playlist and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they are adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. Very graceful ad read. Hey guys, before we get into our show, here's a podcast that we think you might also enjoy. Beyond Your Nightmares is a podcast that tells a mix of scary, creepy pasta stories, as well as those mysteries that make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. From the paranormal to the supernatural, mysteries, strange deaths, conspiracy theories and everything in between. New episodes released every two weeks. Listen to Beyond Your Nightmares on iTunes or anywhere you listen to great podcasts. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 126 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for, was it Saturday, January, yep. February 2nd, uh, 2000. You're on a roll today. Dude, what, a, you know, it got, you got to run your A game already, Josh. I haven't talked to many human beings today, and sometimes I'll like do this podcast and I will not have talked to anybody because I live by myself. So there are days. Well, it's kind of like me. I mean, I haven't really talked to barely anybody recently either. I mean, the last time I talked to anybody was at work on uh, Friday. I mean, uh, Thursday, actually. Well, I mean, you probably at least talked to your parents, I would imagine. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm saying, like, there are, there are days, like, if I stay home, like, I literally do not use my vocal cords. I don't yeah. talk to anybody. I know what that's like. I mean, there have been times where, like, I haven't done a video for so long. And then when I start up trying to record another video, like the first take is shitty because I I, I don't have my bearings yet. You have to warm up to that shit. It's crazy to yeah. think, but like you, you really do have to. And also your voice, too, because your voice can be like fucked up or something and not sound right until after you've done a few takes. So anyway, this is a podcast called Uncovering Explained Mysteries, yep. and uh, we usually do a thing at the beginning where we, we ask each other how we are. But um, I guess I guess I'll save that for the end so we can get right to this. This get right to the the meat and potatoes. Yes, the absolute craziness. Oh, I do craziness. say that. God damn, it, I do say. Yeah. <laughs> one of, so one of our uh, listeners made um, what would you call it? It's like a co- uh, comic. Comical, it's an art illustration it's a work of art. Yeah, it's an illustration. You just called it a work of art, Mike. That's that's a little too far. That's a bridge too far well, for me. Well, no, hey, hey, <laughs> works of art are works of art. Like I, I think the thing that that term, there's something with that term that has gotten lost in translation. Like it, it's a work of art. It's just it's just another way to say something is a work of art. Like it's not anything other than that but yeah people have been using it to be like oh it's a work of art but like i think you're just saying that i think you're just saying that because he made you look a lot cooler i looked like i, I looked freakish 
But you, look, I, I didn't. Look, I, I looked pretty freakish too. No, I you had fucking cool. glowing eyes yeah. and shit. Anyway, we're talking about like this <laughs> this animated illustration that this this guy, one of our listeners did of us, and he put little quotes in there. Yeah. And Mike was he had Mike doing the whole aliens thing where where you know the Giorgio Sokolos from that uh, ancient yeah, alien show. Instead of saying aliens, I was saying sightings. Which was funny because that yeah. like you talked about sightings all the goddamn time back in the early podcasts we did, and you were even going to do a sightings cast or some some yeah. separate podcast at some point about the show sightings. And the- I decided to wait on that because of the fact that once we rebranded, now I can incorporate that later. Yeah, into this show. Yeah, which I kind of want to do because we haven't talked about anything par- like paranormal or extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. especially as extraterrestrial yeah. in a really long time. Because you know, like I said earlier, you know, like I didn't know how long this podcast was going to be around, so I was like, I want to get all my favorite unsolved mysteries cases in at the beginning. And so, if you go back, you'll see all the cases for the first twenty to thirty episodes were all some like- of those I want to redo in the future, like we've done before, where we've done uh, uh, remakes of certain episodes and certain segments some of them i would like to do that because like the audio kind yeah of sucks, the, the so. audio yeah yeah because we were using that stupid call graph thing at first which was a piece of shit and i didn't have my mic yet so, yeah. yeah but anyway uh he had the saying in the illustration he had me saying was uh let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode or this segment or whatever uh-huh. and i'm like i don't say that do i but yes you do i guess i do <laughs> that sounds like such a like a Something <laughs> it sounds you, like an old timers thing. Yeah, like if you, you were know? if you were raised in the country uh, and you were from you know you came from like peasant stock, you'd be like you know that would be a saying that you would use rather than you know you're not you're not a member of the gentry with their fanciful talk. Let's get right talk. down to it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we normally talk about segments off the the cult classic '90s TV show Unsolved Mysteries, but this time around we will be. Uh, it'll be- I would say it's just a classic show. I wouldn't call it a cult classic. Yeah, right. That's true. It's not a cult classic. It's it's just a classic. Um, but this time around, we are covering something different. Um, doesn't have to do with cult month. Doesn't have to do with anything in particular. Well, it's it kind of cultist, cultish. No, I mean it's more. It's more fraud than cult. It it is. But think about the PTL club. Like think about the 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 parishioners and the people who you know were there all the time and were a part of it. It is a little bit cultish. That's eh, how it is. I don't, the, I don't I, think so, but you know, you're entitled I, to your opinion. Evangelist, man, like that's a total, that that's, that's a cult. Yeah. But, like without being called a cult, it does have aspects me. of cultiness to it yes. in the sense of the, uh, the, you have, you, you have to make an action soon. You don't have time to think you're like, you know, no, you need to right now pick up that phone or right now accept Jesus or well, right- also, you know, really, uh, charismatic and, uh, passionate leaders. Well, there's, there's nothing culty about that being a charismatic no, and passionate no, leader. No, but like there, there was, there was some similarities between Jim Baker and Jim Jones. So anyway, we're I mean, talking about Jim is, and Tammy Faye Baker this yes. time around and Mike saw a really good documentary on it and we decided that, uh, well, hey, let's talk about old Jim and Tammy and, uh, I mean, my only recollection of of these people because like obviously i think me and mike were both a little too young when this was really like yeah. mm-hmm. scandalous but i do remember tammy faye baker from uh she was on that that awful vh1 reality show the surreal oh, the life. surreal life yeah 
That season, I think they had uh, Rob Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla Ice. They had uh, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. They had the dude from Chips, the Mexican dude. Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. And they had some other people that I don't really some remember. Some other chicks. I don't remember their names either. I feel like on one of those seasons of The Surreal Life, they had... Didn't like, they have Tiffany? No, they, they had the bass player from um, The Bangles or something. Oh, okay. And yeah. she was all into like SM. They had Dave Coulier from Full House. Oh god. It was like a dude, it was like a reality show where you took basically all these washed up like <laughs> celebrities who were hot at some point 10 or so years ago and you or put, even further than that. Yeah, and it was like a bag <laughs> of trail mix. You know, you just put them all in one house and shook it up and saw what happened and um you know, it was it wasn't a bad show in the sense. I remember seeing like a couple episodes back in the day. No, I think I watched I, the whole season of like the one that had Vanilla Ice and Tammy Faye Baker on it. Um, or I'm sorry, Tammy Faye Messner. Um, I only saw like two episodes. Yeah, there I don't was, remember any of them. I remember there was a scene where uh, they they were all at karaoke or whatever, and as as people do, someone up there, someone put on Ice Ice Baby. And you know, uh-huh. Vanilla Ice uh-huh. like infamously hates that song. Like he uh-huh. he hates. He it. did a metal cover of that song because yeah. he hates it so much. Well, he did an awful like like new metal cover of it in the late nineties, and it yeah. was it was and it was worse than his rap version. Yeah, the rap version is not bad. I mean, it's not a bad song. It's not a bad pop track, like a pop rap kind of thing. It's like early Justin Bieber. You you took something that was underground that was made popular by black people, uh-huh. and then you whiteify. It so I, I like I love Jim Carrey's parody on In Living Color that song. Yeah, I never I've never seen or no I think I have seen it actually, but because he's he's talking about I'm white white baby. Yeah, ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> yeah, but that's what always happens though. You it's like there there yeah. will be an underground thing happening, and then uh, you know some white guy will mm-hmm. popularize it and <laughs> make it more palatable for white America, like that Post Malone guy. Post Malone's one of the biggest rappers now. You know, I and I would argue it's because he's he took trap music, which was a genre that was underground, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he he also built a considerable fan base online before he even made it. Yeah, big. but they all do that though. That's that's the name. Not all of them. That's the name though. of the game. Yeah, dude. If you're a trap rapper, that's what you do. You build an online well, yeah, fan I base. Mean, yeah. but I, I mean, mean, there's no he, trap he built rapper it through not, YouTube, not SoundCloud. Well, what he did was he got in with H3H3. We're going yes. off. We're going off topic. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so they're at the karaoke night or whatever, and everyone was like, "Come on, you know, to Rob, aka Vanilla." I said, "Come on, Rob, you know, do the song, do the song." He's like, "No, I hate it. I hate my past." And then finally he like snap like him and Erica Estrada became really good friends on that show and yeah Erica yeah um and he like got up there and he started doing it and everyone like flipped out and all but anyway that's where I remember Tammy Faye ba- Messner Baker whatever for for continuity's sake I'm just gonna call her Tammy Faye Baker because that's what everyone knows her by uh huh so that's where I remember her from I remember her from uh just the parody uh, of her. That was very popular in uh, the media uh, at the time. Uh, I was too young, too, but I, I'm a big fan of Saturday Night Live. And so I remember the the parody. Uh, the makeup. Her, the makeup and everything. Uh, I think Jan Hooks played her. And uh, 
you had Phil Hartman playing Jim Baker, and they showed up on uh, church chat with the church lady played by Dana Carvey. And so I remember that's what I remember her from is is the parody of her that's really over the top. I, I remember her just oh her just crying and there's m- mascara running and and that's my that was my image of her for for many years until I saw this documentary until I did a little bit of, of research on the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker scandal before I even saw this documentary. But this documentary though really opened my eyes on like how truly insane this scandal was. And it wasn't just the the Jessica Hahn thing. There was more to it than that. And I, I, I didn't know the sordid details until I saw this documentary by 2020 called Unfaithfully Yours. I fucking love 2020, by the way. Like all, yeah. all those shows, like 60 Minutes, 2020... Uh, Dateline. I definitely want to see more 2020 after seeing this. Yeah, I mean, this is really high quality uh, for a network. Well, they they've always done really high quality stuff, um, from my recollection at least. So that I mean, that's why I like their program so much. And you know, that you. St- I'm just sitting there like watching the editing techniques they're using throughout the documentary yes. and stuff, and I'm just like, man, this is something you just don't get on YouTube. You know what I mean? No. Like there is still an art to making a great documentary. And you, when you, when you see a really well done one like this one, it, it really is like, it reminds you why you like documentaries. Exactly. This is one of the best documentaries I've seen in 2019 easily. Um, well, it hasn't been very long into the years. So. No, I said in 2019 easily, you know, yeah, that's that's how it is. I mean, what am I going to say? Like, it's the best documentary from last year. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it's like not a lot of competition because. No, not yet, but it'll still be up. By there, the way, have you seen it. Bird Box? Not yet. I haven't either. I, I don't. I want to. I, I, I like Sandra Bullock. The idea looked intriguing to me. I didn't. I wasn't really into the whole meme status of i think it, that's what kills it but, for me is like i guess the hipster in me wants to rebel because like when shit starts getting all memey and memefied and everyone's talking about something it, it kind of repels me i'm like uh man i don't want to i don't want to jump on a bandwagon you know i don't want to feel like i'm jumping on a bandwagon but i'm more excited to see velvet buzzsaw with uh, jake gyllenhaal oh. that one looks really velvet buzzsaw that that sounds that like it would great. be that sounds like it would be pleasurable like it's it's a it's a horror film where it's like uh this these works of art created by this artist who passed away is coming to life and uh torturing and like killing these uh art critics and stuff oh wow pretentious art people yeah so how do you want to start this out mike how how shall we start out so i think we should start out with just going through the career real quick of uh jim baker um, now the Bakers, they first started, uh, their rise to fame on Pat Robertson's Christian broadcasting network, which had an audience in the low thousands at the time, but much like our podcast go on to become a huge deal. I remember my, my step, my stepmom and my dad watching CBN all the time growing up. Wow. I wasn't really a fan of the evangelist stuff, but Hey, you know, it's, it was their thing. So, the Bakers, they contributed to the network's growth and their success with a puppet show. 
Oh, the uh, puppet called show. the Jim and Tammy Show, and it was aimed at young children, and it was broadcast for several years from their Portsmouth, Virginia studio. Uh, the Bakers also hosted the first version of the 700 Club, which is still going on today, I think. Yeah, I think so. I remember at least a few years ago, it was like one of the only channels that you got for free if you got like an yeah. antenna. Uh-huh. The 700 Club, like that, that's that's a, that's a whole other clusterfuck right there. I mean, when it comes to just some of the statements that have been made over the years on that show. Well, you know, it's 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 ba- it's a Christian you know, yeah. fundamentalist like uh, program. So it's a Christian circle jerk program. That's what that yeah, is. Pretty, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's going to be times when they're the, the Bible is going to have to come yeah. into play. And, uh, you know, the Bible doesn't really uh, mesh with uh, secular society in a lot of, in some ways it does, you know, be kind and treat others how you'd yeah. like to be, all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, once it when, once uh-huh. you start getting into the homosexuality and the abortion and this that and the other, it's like, well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to differ with you guys on this one. Uh, so it would, you know, that's where that comes yeah. from. So in 1972, the Bakers they had left Robertson's ministry, and in 1973, they joined with Paul and Jan Crouch to help found the Trinity Broadcasting Network, which I believe is also still going on. And then Jim and his wife then moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And in 1976, they per- they first put the PTL Club on the air. Now, the PTL Club was uh, considered to be the Pass the Loot Club by a lot of people. Um, not the parishioners and not the people who were really into the club and its teachings, like they they who loved the show. They they were like, it's praise the Lord. It's the praise the Lord Club. That's what that is. But for people on the outside, it was Pass the Loot Club. Because Jim Baker was just a machine. He was just constantly asking for money, like, in every episode. Um, yeah, now, Jim I, I Baker... Ca- I kind of feel like... Uh, they. I kind of feel like they were some of the uh, beginnings of that, like, almost that prosperity yes. Uh, yes, gospel. Yes, the prosperity gospel, which uh, has now become... Has now evolved into the seed faith gospel. The one where, you know, before they'd be like, oh, you make all this money, blah, 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 blah. So now, there it's they don't call it. They try not to call it the prosperity gospel anymore. Like that's something that people on the outside talk about, atheists and so on and so forth. So now the people, the Christians, they try to call it seed faith. You know, you you sow your seed and you'll get all these riches and 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 have all this abundance in return but it seemed like the prosperity was really only one-sided with Jim and yes. Tammy Faye Baker yes yes what what did you so, think of, what did you think about their puppet show the puppet show was weird but i mean that's that's what puppet shows are yeah i mean watch yeah. some old footage of of the howdy doody show i mean it's weird it's kind of creepy you know nowadays. you know what's weird is like i, I don't know what it is about like Christian. Like the Lamb Chop show? You remember that? Yeah. That always freaked I liked me that. out when I, I was don't know. a kid. I liked that show. I liked Lamb Chop growing up. But I remember, like, I don't know why it's like, it seems to be a specifically like Christian thing to do those puppet shows. Because I remember they did them at my church in, in, uh, children's church. They did, they were doing some puppet show yeah. stuff. And then I remember there was an episode of King of the Hill where, uh, Luann goes to her church and she's, doing a puppet show thing. So there, that must be some kind of trope 
that I was unaware of, but like apparently, and I, uh-huh. I don't know if they still do it. Probably not because it's like creepy, but that was apparently something that they was. They still do puppet shows and stuff. I went to the Grotto uh, a year ago, which is a Christian. In the Playboy Mansion? No. <laughs> no, it's a Christian themed. Uh... It, it's it's hard to explain because it there's a there's a uh, church in there that you can go and uh, experience the whole uh, event of a lot of uh, Christian uh, concerts and stuff and not just Christian concerts I mean I sang there for my high school choir one year so and it has like this. It's all centered around this grotto, which is, I guess, apparently has some religious significance, according to the people that was it supposed to be like the uh, the 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 uh, the miracle of uh, Fatima or whatever. Well, I mean, kind of in some ways. So there's like this grotto and then there's these places where you can put candles and stuff for prayers and. There's a gift shop and so on and so forth. Geez, the gift shop kind of takes some of the uh, holiness out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It, it sure does. Come spend some money. Uh, <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. So um, there were there was a puppet show there. It it sucked. It was terrible. But there was a puppet. Show. It sucked. You don't say. Like, damn. I figured figured it would have been awesome. Um. So yeah, j- the uh, the Jim and Tammy show, um, or I, I might be jumping ahead. Go ahead, Mike, as you were. No, you, you're not. The Jim and Tammy show was the puppet show, so that's the one that that they started off with. Uh, they actually got married early. Uh, Jim asked her to marry him on the third date. I mean, imagine that nowadays. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's that many people that would agree. To marriage on the third date and you know when you and, and as this documentary goes on they they have a whole segment where they talk about tammy faye's makeup and how she was lambasted and made fun of so much and parodied but they show a picture of her when her and jim first meet and she looks not only normal with like yeah. with very little or no makeup or whatever she's a very attractive yeah. lady like tammy well, even, faye was even fucking the footage hot. Even the footage of her in the puppet show, yeah, you know, she looked she looked uh, normal. She was very attractive. Like and she even did, early she, on in the PTO club, she looked normal. Like there was no excessive I, caked on makeup. I feel bad because it's like she didn't need all that insane I think makeup. It, I think what it was, it, and I think she even said it herself in one interview, is that she was using the makeup to cover up. Yeah, a lot of things. Sure. That, that that was a funny ass shirt though in the documentary yeah. it says i it was like this smearing of white tammy shirt it was yeah. a white t- t-shirt it had the smearing of tammy faye's makeup and it and it said i ran into tammy faye baker at the mall <laughs> <laughs> shit was funny yeah so they started up the ptl club now jim baker he did this because he wanted to create a tonight show for christians and he wanted to do it not only just for that, but to make himself uh, a household name like Johnny Carson. You could tell in these earlier uh, bits of footage from the PTL club 
He's got like the the collar that's unbuttoned, and he's got the necklace, you know, and everything. That whole like leftover '70s swagger, yeah. where you're just uh-huh. like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, might as well had a yeah. highball in one hand, just like, "Hey." Yeah, you could tell that he wanted fame. Oh yeah, oh power. for sure, yeah. And he had a different. I mean, you know, you gotta be real. Like, if you break it down, if you look at Jim Baker, he was a you know younger, more attractive guy with this like kind of very, um, you know, personable personality. He was. I don't know if he was attractive. Like to me, he looked like Rick Moranis in some ways. No, he didn't. I mean, he did really, not look like. like if you look, if you hey, if you look at Rick Moranis from Second City t- Television early in his career, they look very it's the glasses. similar. And I, and I think. No, it's not just the glasses. Like it's other things, like well, the way whatever. they smile we're, and, and so on. And we're so not forth. we're not attracted to dudes, but I'm able to. No, I'm, we're not. I'm able to at least <laughs> say that, like from an objective standpoint, he was a. I love how you have to be like no homo, man. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like you're you're like I wouldn't say he's attractive. It's like yeah, of course you wouldn't, and and I wouldn't either in that way. But I'm saying like he he was a decent looking. What decent looking when you guy, compare yeah. when you compare him to the the old oh yeah to Pat Robertson and you know stuff, the old absolutely. dinosaurs that are that were yeah. purveying the channel at he the was time. very he was he was uh, a, a new thing he was a new fresh fresh face, face right that's what I was, that's what I was saying the fresh face you know kid coming on there with this very uh, almost uh, you know Christian jo- version of Johnny Carson like personality or or like yeah. a Donny Osmond or something like mm-hmm. that basically that's probably the best comparisons. Like a Donny Osmond of Christianity, which Donny Osmond might be Christian. And I love it's, it was so ironic when they're interviewed by I think oh, it was by Ted Koppel or someone else, and they're talking about how oh they don't we don't view ourselves as 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 movie stars or as famous. You know, we never viewed ourselves as being famous, and then they show footage of them walking down what is might as well be a red carpet on their show. You know, it's like give me a break, right? I, I don't buy that for one second. And the the popularity of, of PTL exploded. I mean, they were interviewing stars of the time. Yeah, it was crazy 80s. to see like all these um all these stars, all these celebrities that that did, you know, have Christian leanings or Mr. Con- T conservative leanings who would be happy to be on that show, yeah. you know, like, oh, that's great. There's a Christian oriented variety mm-hmm. show that doesn't suck you know yeah. yeah i'd be happy to support that so blah, you had blah. mr t you had uh lou ferrigno the incredible hulk you had the, the, Boone. the captain the captain of the love boat <laughs> was he a big was he a big get at that time like hey we got the captain from the love boat well i mean for them at that time i mean that's probably one of the earlier like celebrities that they got until they got like the the hot new uh, fresh-faced uh, chick from uh, The Facts of Life. Oh God, she was she was so hot. Yeah, I never watched <laughs> The Facts of Life, but man, I saw her on that. I was like, Good Lord, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could tell that they they really were starting to really love uh, the glitz and the glamour and everything. Um, one of one of there's somebody's interviewed and they're talking about I, they believe that they were genuine. Christians from the start and eh, eh, part of me wants to believe that but I don't know like especially with Jim I think Tammy Faye I think she was a pure blood Christian um but I think 
Jim, Jim, Jim Baker seems to me like a guy who's a typical sociopath who was just looking at, oh, this is a new rising thing. And I, I, I see an, he saw an opportunity to make money and to make a name for himself. And he just went all in. And that's that. I don't really believe that he's legitimately uh, really into the Christian lifestyle. I think he was legitimately into the money that he was making that enabled him to live the lifestyle that he wanted to. It seemed like a facade to me. It's just, it's it's just facade, a facade, Mike. A facade. It seemed like a facade. A facade. Just a total, just a mask that he would wear in front of uh, his uh, audiences whenever he would go on the PTL. Yeah, but it, it, it's 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 hard for me to say as as far as like speaking to his faith because you know me growing up in Baptist churches my whole life, you always had that those youth pastors and those certain preachers who were very flamboyant. They were yeah. they were very they very much wanted to be cool and hip, and you know they they were you know some of those youth pastors were like you know you'd hang out with them outside of church and they might like say damn every now and then or say asshole every now and then you're like ooh man this guy's got some edge to him yeah. like you know <laughs> he's trying to ride the the line between you know Christ, what what Christianity allows and what you know is seen as worldly and and you know <laughs> all my Christian friends you know growing up as teenagers they they do all this fucked up non-christian stuff and then they'd have like all these kind of like ways they yeah. twist the bible around and ju- so, justify so, it so it's hard for me to look at someone like i i understand jim that. and be like yeah he wasn't a christian whatever because like you know i, I what I'm, i think what i'm trying to say is i don't think he was living up to christian values and christianity uh in the right way like that that's I think that's my main sort of thing in terms of he wasn't really a true Christian in the fact that he wasn't living up to those ideals in the way that the the the, the most respected and uh well loved Christians do. Like people that, you know, I, I know of in my life who are Christians that, you know, they, they don't they don't go that they don't go for that kind of gusto. Like they they don't really that's not their, their thing. But um and it's just how he was manipulating everybody. And that's what made me like really like question the validity of his his faith. But I don't um, I don't really you say how he was manipulating people. I don't think he he got into I don't think he got into that business of being crappy as a person until like later. I think every I think I think I think he was I think he was damaged from the start. I don't know. I, I don't, mean, look, look at look at the the allegations that were raised that he was uh, having sexual relations with other other men like early early on. Like geez, Mike, going back all the spo- way to spoiler alert. Well, whatever. We do we do this all the time with this show <laughs> where we spoil <laughs> shit that we're going to talk about coming up. All right, we'll get to it let's later. move along here with the story. So so um, with uh, the PTL. He had an opportunity to spread uh, his message and also his uh, fame all over the world. Uh, he was actually ahead of his time with what he set up with the PTL. Yes, like he really did 
tap into a vein in, in uh, America and really struck gold. And he continued to strike gold by creating a satellite. So he built this satellite and enabled the PTL to be the first and only network that was capable of broadcasting television across the world. Uh, so that was a huge boon for him and for the PTL. And then you have all the celebrity influence that he was getting because all these celebrities were coming onto the show and, and, and singing all these praises. Literally and, and proverbially. Yes. And then you had politicians, which this is a huge feather in his cap because in 1979, there was an, a potential investigation into his ministry of fraud because there were rumors swirling around or, or reports that were coming out that certain uh, organizations that he was giving money to, like a church in Korea or a church in you know some other place, the money was not going to that to that organization. It was not going to build a church overseas. It was in a different country. It was going right into his pocket to help pay for some some debts and things like that. Or to, or to build an, uh, put another brick in their, another golden brick in their golden brick house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the, the luxury, the, the lavishness of, of their home and of all the things that they purchased and bought was absurd. And, and I loved how the documentary would just do like quick cuts of like random things that they bought that were in their their mansion and they'd have the price tag on there yeah and they'd have a, a great song choice uh you know uh heaven is a place on earth yeah they love they milked that song for all it was worth in that documentary and the church of the poison mind they 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 milked both those songs quite a bit but they fit really well oh with, yeah with the, with the with the uh story and with uh jim and tammy Faye. yeah one thing i wanted to say about the part where they start getting to uh you know jim baker's their their prominence and their rise mm -hmm. to uh you know more of a national visibility you know uh, it was talking about in the documentary how evangelists were starting to be courted by these politicians because they saw yep. they saw their vote counts go up Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you had Jim Baker, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan was on Jim Baker's show. And that was back when he was just a, uh, what, senator or, or mayor or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck he was. I'm not, uh, this isn't a, a political history podcast, so I'm probably getting that <laughs> wrong. But, um, you know, before he was president, you know, he was uh, on there with Jim Baker and, and you know, that, who you know, I'm just speculating, but who knows, that could have gotten him... The, the presidency that could have helped, you know, that he got the evangelist vote on his side, which or or the um, the Christian vote, I should say, not evangelist uh -huh. vote, because that's a huge that's a huge voter uh, constituency in this country, you know. So yeah. so these politicians back in well, the day it was back then, it's not as as big as it, as it used to be. Maybe not as big, but it's still like if it it's, if it's, it's still there, if it's gone down, it's only gone down by a few percentage points. Because well, this is actually, I, I saw a statistic that shows it's actually a lot more than just a few. Well, surprise, whatever. So they were, I, and the, the the comparison I wanted to make was like 
it's funny how uh, if you're a politician, you're going to look at someone like Jim Baker and someone like Jim Jones is the same person. You're going to be like, oh, this is an evangelist who has a lot of passionate followers and I can get the Christian vote. And it's just so funny how these people, uh, these the true sociopaths like Jim Jones, because like if you compare Jim Baker to Jim Jones, uh, Jim Baker looks like a fucking puppy dog, like. In, in as far as a sociopath, uh, well, yes, but there are different types of sociopaths. Yeah, you know, there's not there. You know, there are ones that are uh, really. Uh, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word. Critical, I don't think is the right word, but it's one of those like there. There are people like Jim Jones that have sociopaths with genuine psychopathic tendencies, and then there's sociopaths like Jim Baker who were just just really manipulative it's just funny because like as know a, how to manipulate other people as a politician you're going to look at both of these people and not know that one's going to be you know, well exactly they're not going to know that yeah. but they know that they have influence and they know that they have an audience yeah like one of these and, people might kill uh you know indirectly or directly have like hundreds of people killed maybe maybe don't yeah. g- get that guy's support <laughs> But yeah, I, that was a, that ties into what I was talking about—the political uh, power that the PTL was getting. Yeah. Um, so and you they know, eventually got that. Yeah, Reagan becomes Reagan, president, and yeah. now all of a sudden the investigation is called off because they did. You know, now now quote we can't find any. There is no there there, as they said. Yeah. We can't find. This anything. reminds me of Scientology. It really does. It reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. In terms of like where you had an investigation. And then there was like he even made the documentary. That's why my, he. That's that's another reason why I think he's he's a he's he's a sociopath is because of the fact that he has some uh, similarities to David Miscavige in the way that you, there's allegations that are made towards your church, and then you make a documentary being like you know we will not be intimidated by the government, <laughs> you know, like we are <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so. It, it's so ironic, like watching the footage from that they showed from that under investigation documentary, uh, because you eventually would see what would would be revealed later, and it was just point blank, just one hundred percent undeniable fraud. <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah, he had the political power that he started to get, and I think that just made him think that all right. All bets are off. Like I, I mean, I don't have to worry about anything. Like I have the president's blessing, and so the church then exploded at that point because it was it was it was bringing him some money before this uh, before Reagan was was sworn into office. But as soon as he was sworn into office and that investigation was dropped, man, the PTL was raking in millions, and that leads to their lavish spending. I mean, they spent like five over five hundred dollars on a shower curtain, which really stood out to me. I was like, oh, five hundred dollars. What the hell is that shower curtain made out of to be costing like five hundred and eighty dollars? Jesus, that's, that is. Oh, <laughs> God, where do you even buy five hundred dollars shower curtains? Who sell like what? Where I'd, <laughs> I'd like to just like thumb through the the magazine for the company that sells $500 shower curtains just to see what other crazy yeah. shit they have a fucking yeah 
Yeah. You know, $200 ice tray, you know, like <laughs> what else are you going to have with, for crazy amounts in there? That'd be really interesting to see. Yeah. So they did a whole thing where they would buy multiple Rolls Royces. They got the private jet, which that still happens today with evangelists. I mean, you had a recent thing with Creflo Dollar, where there's controversy where he's all like, I want to get a second private jet. God wants me to have another jet. You know, and then you have uh, one of the biggest televangelists lately, uh, Kenneth Copeland and his ministry, which there were attempts by some reporters to try to get an interview on his, on, you know, his mansion, you know, and everything. And like, that was just like completely blocked off. Um, I think there's some shady shit going on in that organization too, but I've never heard uh, of this person. He has, he has it. He has it locked down tight because nobody seems to be able to get an interview with him or, or anything like that uh, who are, you know, not a part of his already a part of his ministry. So um, I, I think there's quite a few of these big televangelists who have, who have filled the shoes of, of Jim Baker in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I feel that they are raking in millions as well, and also th- this isn't this 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 has gotten out of hand no, I mean, like a long time ago. Look at Joe. I mean Joel Osteen. You know, I mean, dude, this this should absolutely be stopped. I mean, the government should be putting their foot down and and just start taxing them. It, it's 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 long past the point where they they should should have should be taxing these these churches. Um, but anyway. So they have this lavish lifestyle. Um, in a New York article, uh, Frances Fitzgerald quoted Dave Barry, and she says, they personified the most characteristic excesses in the 1980s. The, the greed, the love of glitz, the shamelessness, and which in their case was so pure to almost amount to a kind of innocence. Um, yeah, viewer contributions were estimated to exceed $1 million a week uh, uh, on uh, the PTL. And uh, they were just constantly just like one of the people was interviewing the documentary song about Jim Baker. He was a machine. It was a money making machine. There was one guy that was interviewed who was really impartial or like favorable to Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. Was it the security guard? Yeah, Yeah, he worked with them. Yeah. Like he came across at times like a total homer for both of them. And it was like, really? (laughs) Well, he was he was defending how much money he was getting paid, like four point six million or something, and he was all like, "Well, you know, for somebody who makes like thirty million dollars a month, like, shouldn't they be paid what they're worth?" And it's like, "Were you getting handouts too, man? Like, were you living the the high life because you were the bodyguard?" And 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 because he was talking about like, "I never thought it would end." Yeah, you never thought your your money train would end. But it did. It crashed and burned. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So they had this lavish, ridiculous lifestyle. Spending all this money. Diamond rings. Rolex watches. Um, they're interviewed and they're talking about how, you know, the typical sort of thing where, you know, God, you know, you, you wants you to prosper, you know. Right. You can't make money. You can't prosper if you don't give, you know? Yep. Yep. Which, I mean, like, 
I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't ever really remember that being harped on in our church. Now, they would have times at our church where they would uh, preach about tithing and how that was important. Uh-huh. And my mom like literally would not go to church when they would do that. Like she it, that <laughs> shit rubbed her the wrong way whenever. Well, for me personally, I, I saw, you know, my 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 stepdad. I mean, my dad and my stepmom, they they would tithe and they would tithe a considerable amount of money even when they could not afford it. And that really frustrated me. Yeah. I was like, you can't afford to give the church this much money. It just, you just can't afford it right now. Like, I'm pretty sure if God really existed, he would understand that. <laughs> that you can't do the 15% or whatever. And I always found that like crazy. Oh, a loving God. And he's like, pay me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Where's my money? <laughs> like, 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 you know, and God's like, you know, all knowing. So he knows how hard it is to get, get through the world, you know, needing money to survive yeah. and this uh-huh. that, and the other. And, you know, it's like, I don't care, man. You don't give me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, whatever. I, I so don't care about any of that shit. Cause I'm so like far removed from the church that I don't even it's like if you if yeah. you want to give your fucking money to the sky, baby, you know, go go for it, you know. That's okay, but honestly, I I think it's wrong when televangelists like Jim Baker uh, manipulate people to give them money for their for their ministry. Well, I mean, that's kind of the of, understatement you know, of the century, there, Mike. Giving you know, giving it to God. They're not giving it to God. You're giving it to Jim and Tammy Faye. Yeah. So anyway, what giving what happens? It to their what club. happens after that? So they raised so much money, like over a hundred million dollars or something at some point to the point where they create their own theme park. (laughs) Oh yes. The theme park. They build a theme park called heritage USA in Fort mill, South Carolina. And during its prime, it was really popular. It was the third most successful theme park in the United States at the time. It it was going to be the Christian Disneyland. And for the most part, it was. And the only other successful theme parks uh, higher than that one were both Disney locations, Disney World and Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had... You you had a few rides. It didn't seem like it was that ride centric. Like you had like a train ride, and like maybe a few other. To rides me, it looked like all they had was the damn water slide because that's the main yeah, thing exactly. they showed was yeah. the fucking water slide and, <laughs> and like a hotel. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, so this place has a water slide and a hotel. Sweet. It's like a six six million dollar water water park. It had a wave pool and everything. And it also had a satellite system that was on the on uh, the location too to broadcast uh, the network. Um, so, uh, actually, I was, I was in a different place, I think. So they built that, and they built the the theme park Heritage USA. The advertisement they show in the documentary is so corny, but it's so indicative of the time. Um, and so Heritage USA was just this crazy theme park. They would also have this like really expensive passion play that would happen like every day at the park that would they built this stadium essentially just to show this passion play 
And apparently it was a really big deal for a lot of people. Like Yeah, they apparently they apparently how... weren't fucking around with the passion play. Like that it was apparently no. like really good production and all that. Not at all. And uh, the the bodyguard, I I, I particularly remember this quote because he's he's really he's he's he's, he's total homer for for heritage. What does USA, that term mean, Mike? A total homer. I don't. I'm... A homer is like uh, someone who is used in sports and stuff like that, where you're just like you, you're putting on the you, you're 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 someone who's like really. Like shilling, you're, you're, you're shilling. shilling. Okay. Yes, you're shilling. You're not impartial. When there comes to when there are things that show that this thing that you like or you're a fan of isn't as good as you think it is, you you're going one hundred percent still into your belief that it's still the greatest thing ever. Oh, okay. Like that. That's right. It's 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 like having your blinders on. I got you. All right, that makes sense. So. He has his blinders on full blast and he's talking about Heritage USA compared to Disneyland. And he's all like, We had more than Mickey Mouse. We had Jesus. We had salvation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was... Beat that. Oh God. And I'm like, Give me a break. Uh, they did. I'll take I'll, I'll take I'll take uh Mickey Mouse over salvation. <laughs> Because Mickey Mouse is, is is at least there's some kind of uh, real. It's tangible. Yeah, like it's, Mickey Mouse is tangible. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's tangible. Right. Good. What is salvation? Is there a mascot for is, is Jesus your mouth your your mascot for salvation? <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. Like where he was just talking about that. That was nuts. So eventually, everything would come crashing down. Um, and it would start with these allegations of a sexual, uh, abuse of sexual abuse and rape from a woman named Jessica Hahn. Now, Jessica Hahn was a church secretary for, uh, one of, one of the ministries that was, uh, under the, uh, watch of the PTL. And particularly there's this guy was a real fucking shithead like a total fucking snake uh john wesley fletcher i think so fletcher is definitely his last name so fletcher is a guy who ended up coming on to the ptl in the late 80s during the height of the ptl and he was trying to leech off the success of the show and build his own platform and build his own bridge to fame now this guy like you look at him he's got the fucking hair and everything like he looks like a fucking shark doesn't he he looks like, like this guy just looks like somebody who should not be trusted who is just clearly just doing this for nothing other than fame and money i thought he looks like a used car salesman yeah a little bit like that so apparently he was really starting to gain some influence in the church and he was also really into young boys. And there's a really creepy uh, clip they show in the documentary where he's talking about how the number one thing I want is for the, the souls of 
of men to be saved. And they like kind of pan into the dude as he's yeah. like kind of glaring into the camera and it's like and he's licking his lips before he says like men to be saved. Like it was it was just like, oh my God. Like you could tell like in his mind, in his deranged mind at that moment, he was probably thinking about, yeah, saved by my penis. Oh god. <laughs> Dirty Mike. I've never said anything. I've never said anything dirty on the podcast. So that guy is a total dirty individual. Like I guarantee, he was thinking thoughts like that. He was fucking licking his lips, man. <laughs> that is like the most disgusting thing, like uh, like uh, that you can do to show that you're attracted to somebody. In my opinion, to like lick your fucking lips. That is so gross. I hear I hear girls tell me all the time that like the guy looked at her and started licking his lips and was like that's fucking gross dude don't that's like <laughs> so hello cool j is is not is not hot no that's apparently. fucking disgusting like <laughs> what like who are these kids who are growing up watching these cartoons they do that shit on cartoons but you know you're not supposed to like do that in real life you stick your tongue out <laughs> it's weird yeah like the mask or the tex avery cartoons <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> and then whistling exactly yeah Eyes popping out. This guy was probably doing that with uh, young boys that he would meet. Young boys' buttholes. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. Is that a bridge too far? So, he actually does uh, come into play with the whole uh, scandal uh, with uh, Jessica Hahn and, and, and uh, Jim Baker because he was in the same room with Jim Baker uh, along with Jessica Hahn when she was sexually assaulted and raped by both individuals. Oh, they both. In they fact, like, he was, both did it. I yeah. thought it was just. Remember, Jim. remember, she was saying she was saying that, and then Fletcher said, "Do the same." Oh thing to shit! Me. Okay, wow, that's that's even more disturbing. So, for years, she kept it quiet because she didn't want it to come out, and uh, likewise, Jim didn't want it to come out. I mean, he was he was a head of this empire this televangelist empire and then the PTL. Um, and so then things started to change. And I believe it's because reporters in the Charlotte observer, like they started to get wind of this and they started pressuring things. And eventually Jessica Hahn came out and brought charges and it just caused a whole shit storm. And this ended up causing Jim Baker and Tammy Faye to leave the church because of all the scandal that was going on with uh, Jessica Hahn and the allegations. And he went to another really popular, well-liked preacher at the time, Jerry Falwell, and he asked him to take over because... He was so over the overconfident at this point that he thought that even with all these allegations and with all these like really fucked up shit, that he would be forgiven. He would leave the church and then he'd come back years later and his his congregation would welcome him back with open arms like nothing had ever happened. And Falwell, though. He turned out to be a guy who was not going to put up with any of uh, Baker's shit. And actually, uh, he was involved with like unearthing even more things about uh, Jim Baker. Uh, specifically, the allegations and, and the 
the rumors that he was in relationships with multiple men. And when, and when that happened and they were saying in documentary back, it, it, you know, might be for some people hard to imagine now, but back in the 80s, if you kind of want to... That's a bombshell. Yeah, if you want to, like, ruin somebody's reputation as a man, you called them a homosexual. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, whoa, too hot to touch that one. You know, and, and, and that's what because of that, Falwell banned Jim Baker from the PTL. Now, Falwell initially thought that the only problem that the PTL had was Jessica Hahn. But he quickly realized that there was a lot more to the PTL's problems than just Jessica Hahn. They were in crippling debt, sixty-five million in debt, or even maybe close to ninety. They were they were in serious debt, owing all of this money to these contractors and so on and so forth, bleeding money. And because of that, and because of the whole allegations, Falwell eventually left and basically shut the whole thing down because he was just like nope can't save this <laughs> this is not salvageable um and he and his board of directors left and basically left the PTL for dead yeah, and before that happened he basically he was he told Jim Baker he's like no you're not coming back like yeah I, that's what I'm saying yeah I, he was like he banned I him. can't let you come back because of your homosexual activities or whatever mm-hmm. the, and that caused a a uh, war between the two where they're throwing mud at each other in the press and so on I thought it was funny that like like you know uh raping a girl like a- allegations of raping a girl that was or she never actually said it was rape, but she said she was. Yeah, she did. Oh, did she? Because I thought she like her whole thing was like, I'm just it. It, it was a very uncomfortable encou- sexual yeah, she encounter. Did. She, well, there was one thing on on network television where she would she would say, I don't want to really talk about it that much. But I, she did eventually uh, confirm that. It was oh, OK. Rape. Now, I could see that some people would look at her, though, after what she would end up doing after all of this, you know, she took the payout for one. It was like for $200,000. And then she would eventually come out with this. And then she would become a celebrity. Like she posed for Playboy. That really, that really hurt her credibility with people at the time. But I, yes. I kind of liked her, what she had to say about it. Well, yes. you know, A, you know, she's getting a shit ton of money. And B, she was saying something like, you know, when I did the Playboy thing, that was a de- I was making that decision as Jessica Hahn or whatever, that that's what I wanted to do. And it wasn't, you know, being forced upon me like what happened. Well, with- no, she was also she was doing that to regain confidence in herself. Right. Well, that's kind of what kinda, I was trying to say. Yeah. In not so eloquent terms. Yeah. So, and and I, I, I support her decision with that. She was she was her self-confidence in, in her body and her self-image was just completely destroyed after uh, what had happened. And all of the the uh, reporters and all of the media attention and everything, she wanted to regain uh, uh, her, her confidence in herself. Now, we as the individuals that we are, we can look at this now, you know, from in the time period that we grew up in and where we're at now, and we can look at that and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But 
guarantee you back then oh yeah how many of those Slut. old those old timers who were like followers of, what a whore yeah oh yeah what a whore whore of babylon yeah, exactly yeah. she totally <laughs> you know was was into it and now she's she's saying that she wasn't because she's trying to get money and blah 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 yeah you know that shit was like happening with the Playboy yeah. thing, absolutely. I love how crazy things. I, I love how Jessica Hahn became a legitimate celebrity. Yeah, she it was, wasn't like she, fifteen minutes of fame. It was, it wasn't just a Playboy spread and that's it. Like she was hanging out with Sam Kinison. Yeah, she was in that wild thing video <laughs> with Sam Kinison. Yeah. That awful fucking video. Why did Sam Kinison? On a on a side note, why did he feel the need to cover? that song and do a music I video think because he felt like he was a wild thing and he was untouchable and he was really big at the time. And, you know, he decided, you know, I'm going to do And he it. had all these like celebrities at the time, like yeah. involved in the video and all. It was just mm -hmm. like, what, what <laughs> you're stand up poison. And yeah, you're, you're like, well, a... he was, he was big. Yeah, no, he was I mean, him and huge. him and Dice Clay were like the biggest standups. Well, and Eddie Murphy, those like, the... I would say they, they were bigger than any current stand up comedian. Yeah, for, I mean, yeah. except for maybe Kevin Hart. I mean, you but could other than that, you could kind of look back to that brief Dane Cook era in like the late two thousand or the mid two thousands, and you could kind of. Oh, Kinnison was bigger than Cook. Uh, I don't know. Dane Cook was pretty. Was uh, it? It didn't last very long. I think Kinnison. He was. He was big. He was successful, but Kinnison, man, like he was. He was in film. He was in television. Yeah. He was all over well, the I mean, place. Dane Cook was too, but all his films bombed, and they weren't nearly as as. I mean. Kinnison's cameo in Back to School was was for a lot of people was just hilarious and extremely memorable. And he was also in Tales from the Crypt, and he was in he he did a he even poked fun at himself and in Living Color. He was in he was he uh, showed up in Married with Children. Um, he was involved with projects that were successful, <laughs> unlike, <laughs> unlike, yeah, unlike Dane Cook. Yeah. Oh, he was also he was he was a party. He was a wild. He was the wild thing actually fit him. It was a party animal. Well, yeah, I knew that. His co-cabin shit. And he was just really close with all of these rock stars. So that wasn't really like that out of left field. Like he was. He was a big time celebrity in the late 80s. Anyways, getting back to the story. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they mentioned it in the documentary. It's not like we're totally off topic here. So the you have the, the rise and the fall of the PTL, and now you have this federal case that's being thrown uh, against uh, Jim Baker for all different types of fraud. Uh, I think it's television and mail fraud. And it was like, what, 45 different counts that were, that were levied against him? I mean, and, are we, are we going to get into the whole, like, you know, him selling those uh, Christian timeshares? Well, we'll get to that oh, later. Okay. That's the, that, well, well, that's a part of it. The Christian timeshares is a part of it. Um, because that's eventually what would get him convicted. Because the trial wasn't about Jessica Hahn. It was about fraud. It was a fraud trial. Yeah. It's a fraud case. Um, before the fraud case, though, he would actually go on TV and in a big mistake, he would go on Nightline with with uh, Tammy Faye. And they showed some footage like before they started recording. I thought it was so funny because Tammy Faye's like, just calm down, relax. It's going to be all right. You know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you of all people. Because because one of the most infamous images of her is like after the interview, she's bawling her eyes out. Mm hmm. That was that was that was the one with Ted Koppel, right? 
Yeah. So Ten why compliment. did you guys decide to come on this show even? <laughs> I love, dude, fucking Ted Koppel. And I his, love his voice. I know, his voice, his is, voice is hilarious. Is fantastic. He's like, of course I did the Tammy Faye and Jim Baker segment. Why wouldn't I? If Donald Trump wanted me to interview him, I would do it. I'd come out of retirement. Hell, I'd come back from the grave. It would be a very <laughs> highly rated interview. Yep. And uh, his bodyguard, uh, uh, Jim's uh, bodyguard, he was trying to get him not to do that interview because he knew that Jim would not be able to pull the wool over Ted Koppel's eyes. Uh, he wouldn't be able to mess with Ted Koppel. <laughs> you don't fuck with Ted Koppel. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ted Koppel, he would just, you just tell it like it is, man. And I, I, I love that is a great interview between him and, and Jim and Tammy Faye. Like, he's just not falling for any of this shit. <laughs> um, but that was an interview that a lot of people from that time period who saw the whole saga unfold, like, that is, like, one of the key moments of this saga for them, is that interview. It showed that they were pretty cutthroat people. Like, uh, uh, Tammy Faye was admitting that, yeah, the piece of paper that, that Falwell brought up that of our demands, yeah. He asked us, like, what, what, what would we want? What, 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 what is he, what, what, what do we feel that we deserve, you know? And, and of course, then Jim would be like, well, you know, in negotiations, you, you would, uh, you would always start at the top. It was just total cutthroat. There's a bunch of sharks over here. So, because they were asking for a lot of money, like Baker, like a salary, uh, 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 what a yearly salary of like three hundred thousand. Now, was that was that some kind of negotiation for uh, 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 what's his face to take over the PT yeah, Falwell. Uh, Falwell to take over the PTL? Like what? I don't think that was a negotiation for that. I think that was a negotiation for the for you know for Jim and Tammy Faye to to let things die you know to, to not keep uh this holy war going between uh the two of them so it's always weird when like like business and religion like clash yeah because like i i think about too all the time like uh for churches you know when when performers will come through these famous christian performers well obviously they are going to want money for their services and i i think i even asked my friend uh who used to do that kind of stuff for churches i'm like how do you how, how is it not awkward bringing up money when you're going to to one of these gigs at a church or something because i mean yeah really uh, you know aren't isn't this a service that you're performing for the lord so sh shouldn't you be humble and modest in the amount that you want i mean like that's got it you know there's got to be some angle like that that's worked in with these negotiations when it comes to like uh well yeah but but jim and tammy faye would just say the same thing they had said before during the ptl's rise and during the success of the ptl they would just say well you know we've earned it you know it's it's a whole thing like uh you you put in this amount you you should be getting all these blessings in return so like they're 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 feeling like they're they're totally worth it 100 100% there's no humble bone there there's no <laughs> there, there's no humble humbleness there um that's why uh when people talk about Tammy Faye and they and they're like oh well she's a good person she had a good heart 
Yeah, maybe she did have a good heart, but like, I, she was still involved with all of this. Like, she knew what was going on, and she embraced all this stuff, and she loved having all the money and everything. Oh, and speaking of Tammy Faye, I didn't mention this that before the allegations really uh, started, uh, uh, the sexual uh, abuse allegations came to light. Tammy Faye was involved in her own uh, situation where it was revealed that she was battling drug addiction. Yeah, I was going to say, like, all the while all this shit was going on, she was also popping pills. Yep. And she had a breakdown where she was, like, hallucinating. And she took off all her clothes in front of their their bodyguard yeah. at their home. Yeah. And he's like, that's when I knew she was crazy because she never did anything like that. It's like, oh, didn't she didn't? You don't say. <laughs> 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 and she's talking about how I saw demons and i was like i rebuke you satan and it's like no i don't think you saw the the, the demons you were dealing with were personal demons and they weren't they were not uh visible. they went by the names of uh, uh of xanax and uh, <laughs> fucking lexapro and uh you know stuff like that those those were your demons yeah, she was addicted to these prescription uh, pills which is kind of telling decades. uh i mean it never actually said what kind of pills she was taking um i'm assuming i'm going to assume because if we're talking pills and addiction it's going to be either two kinds it's going to be a pain pill or it's going to be a uh, a benzo like xanax yeah so i'm thinking you know she's going on xanax she's going on the uh, tv every night and she's in front of all these people that's a lot of stress for anybody no human being is yeah. built to do that that's an, well bo all, both of them they were exhausted by the end of this well, yeah i mean that's a very unnatural thing for human beings to do so with that being said i think the bitch was on on uh, zannies i think she was popping yeah popping xanax tablets like candy, obviously. I wouldn't call her a bitch, but yeah. Well, I don't know. Anytime I start talking street, I got to start throwing words like bitch in there. You know, it, it, it just kind of keeps it more authentic. No, that C word was high as fuck. No, um, yeah, it, it's 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 too bad. I mean, I, I definitely think, yeah, she was dealing with some issues for sure. And there was a lot of pressure that was that she felt was on her. I mean, the last show that Jim and Tammy Faye were on for the BTL like they're they're doing this whole big thing and Jim is crying and he's talking to his his followers and saying that you know I need to go away you know that thing and and and, and Tammy Faye singing the whole singer Oh my god out. can we please talk about the singing holy <laughs> shit these pe these motherfuckers could not fucking sing or maybe it was the song choices they chose to sing. I don't know what, but man, the anytime it's Tammy, it, like she she thought she could sing, and that was the problem. And she belted it out. Yeah, like she. But then, like then they show like real singers, like they showed that black. Oh, the the B B B Winans. Yeah, like he was he he and his his sister. Uh, I don't know if it was his sister. No, it was like, it was they, his they, sister. Yeah, they okay. were they they were. Amazing. They sang um, like their cover of the Love Lift Us Up where belong. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. It's like, yeah, that's a that, that gave me chills. That's a singer. Now, granted, am I in a band called Dancing with Ghosts where I sing and it, and it may not be the greatest thing in the world as far as like what you're a better singer than Jim and Tammy Faye. Well, even, Mike, you know. that was one of, that's one of the nicest things you ever said to me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even close. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
Mike said I was I sounded better than Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker. That's that that's a that's a compliment. <laughs> Where I come from, that's a compliment. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, the singing was so, awful, and she sang all the time, even when she was coming out of the courtroom and got some bad court ruling. She's lift, she's singing, you know, uh, on Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All, all other yeah. rocks are sinking sand or whatever, and she's like just belting it out. It's like, shut up! You are only making it worse <laughs> for everybody. I love uh, one of the interviewers. Like it was, it was kind of pathetic. Yeah, no, it was. You know, it, yeah. you know and and she became, and we're probably jumping ahead a little bit, but like, no, she became this fucking spectacle. You know, the, mm-hmm. it, like a typical Tammy Faye to do this or do that. It was like kind of a joke. Yeah. So um, now we get to the fraud conviction and the imprisonment. So the PTL club's fundraising activities between 1984 and 1987 were reported by the Charlotte Observer, which is funny because that was the PTL's paper, <laughs> I think. Like, so the Charlotte Observer was like, you know what, screw you. <laughs> we're not going to be under your your uh, your thumb anymore. Like, we don't we don't want to be supporting your shady shit. So, this eventually led to criminal charges against Baker. Baker and his PTL associates sold one thousand dollar lifetime memberships entitling buyers to an annual three-night stay at a luxury hotel at Heritage USA during that period. Now, according to the prosecution at Baker's fraud trial, tens of thousands of memberships were sold, but only one 500-room hotel was ever finished. Baker sold exclusive partnerships with exceeded capacity, raising more than twice the money needed to build the hotel. Much of the money paid Heritage USA's operating expenses, and Baker kept $3.4 million of it. Mm. It's a nice chunk of change. Now, this is clearly fraud. And even the prosecuting guy is like, this is the easiest fraud case I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah. Because it was on tape. And it was. What was the judge's just, name? Just, it was like Maximum Jerry or something like Maximum Bob. Maximum Bob, because he always gave the maximum sentence or whatever. Yeah. What a... F- yeah. God, man. So, yeah, it was on tape. It was plain as day, just one hundred percent fraud. But you could see he was—he was a pioneer. He was doing timeshares. He was doing religious timeshares. You, you man. pay a thousand dollars, and you can for the rest of your life. You have a place that you can go and stay at whenever you want. And it's like it was a pyramid scheme because he didn't have yeah. the the product to back up what he was selling but he just kept getting more and more people in there i mean a classic like pyramid well, yeah. scheme well because people like that's a great deal like even a guy who was interviewed like i bought it i bought a i bought a room i never stayed one time but even i bought a room <laughs> i mean it's a thousand dollars for you know you you can you can get a four day you could stay four days in a luxury hotel. And you got to think, well, $1, back $1, then, too, $1,000, I mean, that's, you can chalk that up to $3,000 nowadays. I mean, like, that's that for inflation and also, I mean, it wasn't cheap, you know? Yeah. So, after a 16-month federal grand jury probe, Baker was indicted in 1988 on eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy. In 1989, after a five-week trial that began on August 28th in Charlotte, North Carolina, a jury found him guilty in all 24 counts. Now, 
there was still drama going on with this though i mean like even before like he was he was in hiding for a bit the reporters were just swarming around his home waiting for either him or tammy faye to give them some juicy uh juicy uh sound bites then he then he had his own demon experience yeah yeah because apparently like what happened with the first day of the trial I think someone that was involved with his ministry, he was taking the stand and he was talking, it was his accountant or somebody was talking about things and he passed out and there was somebody in, in the, in the, in the jury or somebody in the audience that was like, Oh, he's gone to go meet the Lord. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, 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 and why would that be the first thing that would come to your mind if you see someone pass out? Honestly, like, uh, like I see. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, he's dead. You know, like he's gone. No need. No, no need. Meet with Jesus. Unless that was like a really like clever troll in the courtroom that day. Like, that's just a very bizarre like first yeah. thing to instantly come to your mind. So this understandably was a shock to Jim Baker, and he actually went up and. I guess he tried to pray for him or something to bring him back to life. Use some of that old Jim Baker magic there in the courtroom. And uh, the the guy, he got carried out of the courtroom on a gurney, and Jim Baker was just really shaken by it. And the next day, like, he has a breakdown. He's hiding under his attorney's couch, and he's talking about how all these reporters outside were bugs they look like giant bugs yeah and he's just totally flipping out and of course there are people who are like this is just an act <sighs> because you know he's he's a showman yeah um i i i, I, I don't know like it's a possibility but it's, it seemed pretty legit from the footage you showed, oh, the, the, showed. the dude knew his own seem... bullshit you know enough to, be, did, to yeah. be like they i'm fucked you know <laughs> like yeah i am totally fucked and he, well, you exactly. know, come to find out, he's just he just had like a massive panic attack. Yeah, I guess that's that's a, in, like for in some sense that that's why I guess I'm kind of thankful that I've had anxiety as long as I have, just in the sense that like I know what a panic attack is, I know what it feels yep. like, I can't be caught off guard by that shit, you know. I think I think he had a panic attack, but I think he also had a little bit of a mental breakdown because this is a man who, in my opinion, was hiding a lot of secrets and was he'd done a lot of shady things and and eventually his is you know that everything just kind of collapsed uh it's one of those things i don't think he had a good outlet for his stress either it was just all built up and then at that moment it just came out and it was just exploded that's what happens to a lot of people they and especially men they don't they don't find a way to let their emotions out in a constructive and and safe and healthy manner a lot because of this whole like men are men and men don't cry and men don't do this and blah, 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 and other bullshit. And that's why I have a lot of mental breakdowns because they never found a way to deal with the grief and, 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 and the stress in their life. It's true. And, and I mean, not even like, deal with it on a surface level like not deal with it period Dude, it was it was so hard for me like when my when my dad passed away like it was hard for me to like cry i mean i did it mm -hmm. because like you're so overwhelmed with grief that like it, it's you know when it's someone that close to you it, i mean you're just gonna cry you can't well, help yeah. it 
But well, it's like when my my stepfather had his first mental breakdown. Like I was a wreck. Yeah, that day. Yeah, and it's like uh, even as I was crying, there's like that little voice in my head going, "Josh, what are you doing, man? Like you're not supposed to be doing this. Like get your shit together, man. Like." And it's like, what? What the fuck? Who put that there? Who put that voice in my head? You know, society. Yeah, society. Yeah, and it sucks because it's like that's. It's like when I cry, I'm like outside of myself looking at myself and like witnessing myself from like an outside perspective being like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just not a very natural thing for me to do. But so Maximum Bob ended up giving Jim Baker the maximum sentence. He gave him a sentence of 45 years in federal prison and imposed a $500,000 fine. Yeah. Judge Robert Daniel Potter. Maximum Bob. And the United States Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit, they upheld Baker's conviction on the fraud and conspiracy charges, but they voided Baker's 45-year sentence and $500,000 fine and ordered a new sentencing hearing in February of 1991. The court ruled that Potter's sentencing statement about Baker, that those of us who do have a religion are sick of being saps for money-grubbing preachers and priests, was evident that the judge had injected his religious beliefs into Baker's sentence. Oh, a sentence reduction hearing was held on November 16, 1992, and Baker's sentence was reduced to eight years. In August, excuse me, apparently just talking about all this is giving me indigestion. In August of 1993, he was transferred to a minimum security federal prison in Jessup, Georgia. Baker was paroled in July 1994 after serving almost five years of his sentence. His son, Jay, spearheaded a letter-writing campaign to the parole board advocating leniency. Celebrity lawyer Alan Dershowitz acted as as his parole attorney, and Baker was released from the Federal Bureau of Prisons custody on December 1st, 1994. Uh, Baker still owes, though, $6 million to the IRS. So I wonder how they're trying to collect that. Are they, they, they like, levying all the money that he's making from his shitty uh, little infomercial that he does now, or, like, what? Possibly. I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, I want to mention one thing real quick, too, is about, like, the different... Like, how so many people, even after all of this had gone down, they were still on Baker's side. Yeah, you know, sycophants, sycophants. Like, I mean, even back in 1979, when the allegations for when the when the investigation was first started into into his church, they were parishioners that were interviewed, and they're all like, "Well, they're 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 investigating God." It's like you're not investigating God. <laughs> Are you saying that? That Jim Baker is God? Maybe he was God to her, to that woman. Yeah, probably. I'm lonely. Jim, keeps- she was an older. She wasn't an older gal. Like she was, she was fairly young uh, in that interview. Uh, but there were a lot of older gals that were, you know, during the trial and be like, oh, you know, he's he's not. They 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 they've just railroaded him or you know there is nobody that loves a good conspiracy more than fucking old people i swear to god they are they are like (laughs) the first ones on board with anything any conspiratorial any like the government's it's it was all planned out but he even had like this guy who was like in his 30s or 40s who's like saying they should just let him go and just let him preach (laughs) yeah yeah give him get you don't 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 you know Hey, you, you did. You made like millions of dollars uh, uh, due to fraud and defrauding people and lying to people. You can just go. No, you, you just yeah, go. you just go. You it's just cool. Go. 
We love your show, Jim. So um, he came back, like, after he got, he was paroled. He wrote a book, of course, uh, uh, called uh, I Was Wrong, which reminds me of the, what, the what the O.J. Simpson if, book? If like, I did if it. If I did yeah. it. <laughs> I know, I thought about that, too. If, <laughs> you know, and the if is in very small font type. So it, it looks <laughs> like the book just says, I did it. Yeah. And his and, and the uh, family of Nicole Brown Simpson were the ones who who mm-hmm. who that was their stipulation was that it had to have that tiny the, the yeah. if had to be put in the tiniest font uh-huh. possible. Yeah. So Baker, he went on uh, Barbara Walters show and was interviewed after he was paroled. And he was talking about how he was he wouldn't trade his prison experience for anything and how he was uh almost raped in prison. And then he talks about how he was sexually molested when he was young. And honestly, I believe that I believe he was, he was molested when he was young because the type of behavior that uh, a lot of individuals that go on to molest other people, it's starts with uh, a molestation at a young age. I mean, look at the uh, priests, the Catholic priests in Boston. Um, almost all of them that molested young boys, they were molested themselves. So it creates this kind of, I, I don't know the right way to put it, but it's just one of those things where it really, f- it, it just fucks up the, the mind and things aren't really the same. I, I, I find it's crazy though that there are so many of, of these individuals that are that are sexual molesters, sexual deviants, who were molested themselves, but then they would go on to molest other people. And and I, it's kind of like, wouldn't it be the opposite? You would think. I'm but not even going to touch abused. that one with a ten foot pole. People who are abused when they're when they're when they're young by their parents, there are a lot of instances where they go on to grow up and they go on to be abusive parents themselves. Yeah, it's it's a. It's a mystery. It's definitely a mysterious question that I I don't think there's a a clear-cut answer to. But it's definitely something that has always made me uh, scratch my head. Because you would think that that would just be like, I'm never going to do this. I'll never let that happen. Somebody that I know or somebody I care about, but that's that's not the case. Um, And I, I love how... Barbara Walters is like, can I trust you? You know, like, she's like, how do I know you're not lying to me right now? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you don't. <laughs> but he has that fucking grin, yeah, grin of his Cheshire grin, like he's just or the fucking Grinch, like he does. He has the kind of Grinch grin. Yeah, I could see it. So then the documentary goes in a little bit with Tammy Faye. And how she ended up uh, divorcing Jim Baker. And she would end up marrying a guy who was another, who was a big part of the PTL, uh, Messner. And he would actually end up getting sentenced to jail too. <laughs> yep. For his part in uh, the whole uh, debacle. And apparently she ended up becoming a advocate for the gay community 
later in her life. There was a documentary called The Eyes of Tammy Faye that was made by two gay gay, uh, directors and filmmakers. And there was a moment where she, like, I mean, even before that, but actually before that, she tried to bring the show back. Like, in the midst of the, the trial. Like, the Jim and Tammy Faye show. You know, it's the Jim and Tammy show. And it's in the middle of this trial and she's talking about how everything's gonna be okay jim and da 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 let me sing another awful song to like you know as if as, me, as, as if prison wasn't bad enough yeah and let me cry my eyes out once again and then she did like a show with jim was it jim i think it was bullock or something i think his last name is and it was called the Jim J and Tammy Faye show <laughs> and J- Jim J uh, Jim is interviewed and his producer for the show. It's like a, a low budget show, a talk show. And he's, he's talking to him. He's like, you know who I think the co-host should, I think should be Tammy Faye. And then he's talking he says, I can't say this on the air, but it was like, she's fucking crazy. She's batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that show didn't last very long and Tammy Faye wasn't the co-host for that long either because she was diagnosed with cancer and had to leave and she was replaced by some other gal and the show didn't last that long it was not going to last that long period but it was it was fun to see the intro and just to see some clips of that show and then she would do the documentary and there's a nice moment where she returned to Heritage USA and she unlocked the fa- you know she's like there's a chain block of things off and she's like nope I'm going through here and she goes through there and looks at what what's left of Heritage USA which isn't much and in fact it's, most of it's been de- demolished now majority of it has been demolished she's looking at the chair and she's like Jim would never have uh, allowed the chairs to get this cracked she's like I wish we could put a new coat of paint on it and uh-huh. it's like you know they're saying in the documentary they're they're trying to be like and that that made her look human and it, it's like no not to me it's like she, it's like bitch like how many fur coats do you have you know like yeah. you're sitting here crying because your fucking theme park didn't work out when there's people starving and fucking uh, like yeah. having to like break their neck and break their back to pay their you know make ends meet and pay their bills and you're crying because your fucking theme park didn't work out like what the f- like perspective motherfucker like oh well i think she was also thinking about all the people that really had a good time i don't know i i don't i mean it was the third most popular theme park in the u.s at the time and there were a lot of ptl members who you know they had a lot of fun memories associated with that park felt like it was theirs like finally there was a park that was that was you know for families and it was a christian park Sounds like the lamest part. Which is parodied, which is parodied in Fletch Lives, and it's actually really clever. Um, uh, And I didn't really know what Fletch Lives was parodying. Like, I thought Fletch Lives was just, like, taking the piss. They were just, like, fucking with evangelists. Like, (laughs) they're they're getting so full of themselves, they're making a fucking theme park. But I didn't know that actually was the real thing. What is Fletch Lives? Until Fletch Lives is a sequel to Fletch. Oh, okay. The the, Uh, um, Chevy Chase movie. Yeah. 
I would recommend uh, Fletch Lives if if any of you hadn't haven't seen it already, if you haven't seen it in a while, especially uh, when it comes to the whole television. It just totally skewers the televangelism stuff. Like there's a fucking theme park and everything. Like you, t- it's totally like, oh, the Jim and Tammy face shit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna take a some of that and we're really gonna do a a, a total parody of it. And I, I love the scene where where Fletch, he's he he ends up going into the church, this mega church, who has like a huge popular TV show and everything, and he infiltrates the audience, and it totally uncovers like how fake everything is. Oh, like the I, miracles I, I remember, and everything. I remember that scene. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I actually have seen part of that movie because I yeah I know yeah, that scene the, that you're talking about. The miracles are all bullshit. <laughs> Like they're not real, um, and there was a little bit of that, like in this documentary where they're talking about another reason why people keep giving to the church is because on PTL they would they would be talking about how oh such and such was cured of of this disease praise the Lord you know give us more money. <laughs> You're even seeing that today on social media because there was some like preacher or something on Facebook a friend of mine was sharing his post and he was talking about how this woman she had facial paralysis for all these years because of some nerve damage in her teeth from some dental thing dental work gone wrong and he's talking about well and at one of my sessions I prayed for her and and now it's she's she's healed and she's smiled for the first time and they show like a before and after picture and like I, I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy. I'm calling bullshit on it because the two pictures, they don't really look the same to me. There's no guy the same woman. And also the picture on the left, which is supposed to show her with paralysis. She's making a face. I mean, you could have somebody just make a fucking face and just be like, uh, I can't. I'm paralyzed, you know, and then and then the next photo like, oh, I'm smiling. You know, it's like I, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. And you have people in the comments section doing the same thing that a lot of people would have done if they watched PTL. And they're talking about, praise the Lord! Hallelujah! <laughs> and then there's, it's sad because there's people talking about in the comments section, they're talking about how, oh, I've had crippling uh, pain or I've had these other things and I'm, I'm hoping, can God give me a miracle? And how much you want to bet they're not going to get a miracle? Yeah, I mean... um, I remember, I, I think I mentioned this on one of our older episodes of our podcast, but there was a time where my church was doing this crazy stunt. Uh, the church I went to when I was a kid, I should say, I, I, I don't go to church anymore. But uh, they, they did this crazy stunt where they had they were trying to expand the property of their church so they could get like the lot of land that was next to their church. They wanted to expand the parking lot and all this other kind of stuff because parking you know, wasn't good and they were expanding as a church, whatever. So they had this little like church diorama that was made to look like their church. And it was basically like a really big piggy bank that it had a big slot in the top where you could put money in it. Wow. (laughs) And they had, uh, our parishioners, you know, a congregation, they were, they would put money in it for, I don't know, say like a month or two months, they'd be putting money in it. And I remember our preacher, Brother Lee, is what we called him. Brother Lee was like, God, I haven't said that guy's name in years. 
he was like, uh, at, at, at this designated time on this designated Sunday, you know, we are going to pray and pray that God, uh, when we, when we open the top of the, the, the box, that there's going to be the exact amount of money we need in there for this church, for this, you know, property that we want to buy. And I, even as a kid, which, you know, when I say even as a kid, that's not really saying it. Cause I was pretty savvy to like bullshit as a kid. So it's yeah. not really saying much when I said even as a kid, I thought it was bullshit because I was a pretty logical dude, you know, even as a child. So, but as a kid, I was like, man, this is a, this could be a publicity nightmare for them. Like, because they're like literally, that's like doing some shit where it's like, okay, if God's real, I'm going to step on these fiery coals and my foot won't get burned. You know, it's like, don't do something that will easily be proven, uh, you know, like false, like, like stay away from those kind of, of gags and gimmicks, you know, stick to shit. That's more nebulous. Like, uh, you will become happier if you believe in God. That's, that's some shit that, you know, it's like a, the placebo effect. So anyway, they open the, yeah. the little mini church bank up or whatever. And of course the money isn't in there. And, mm. you know, they got egg on their face and they look, you know, <laughs> like kind of embarrassed. And they look kind of stupid, like, wow, you know, like, well, <laughs> you, you know, what what have you done to fuck things up with God to where he didn't have the money there? So it's like, you know, it's one of those things where um, these prayer faith healers and whatever, it's just like, oh, man, because, yeah, all the stuff that ends up being you know, in fr- happening in front of your face on these TV programs, it's, it's fake. I mean, it's fake. They've gone into how they've faked that before. I mean, they've, there've been like doc- many documentaries on that. Yeah. They have people fill out, don't they have them like fill out some kind of slip or something yeah. before they go in mm-hmm. there that basically says what their problem is. And yep. they have like, and so and they, they, they plant some people that, uh, who are actors They've done that before. They plant people or actors who aren't really sick or aren't really that afflicted with anything. So when they do their laying their hands on them, then they're like, oh, I'm healed. But really, they were they never had any problems to begin with. Um, there's been other people who they've had placebo effects where, oh, it's healed them for a bit. And then everything comes back like pretty soon later. And then they're back to being in crippling pain or unable to walk and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I just, I hate that. Aspect I want to move of, along of evangelism and, and Christianity. It's just, it's despicable to me. So after the sort of Jim and Tammy Faye documentary thing where they're talking, you know, I mean, not the Jim and Tammy Faye. Well, during the Jim and F- Tammy Faye documentary, they talk about another documentary, which is the reason why I'm so fucking confused right now called, you know, the eyes of Tammy Faye. And you have the whole thing where she goes back to heritage USA and she became a, advocate and a spokeswoman for the gay community which is nice i'll I'll, you know i'll give her credit for that and she got cancer and they thought that she was gonna die so they did another documentary called death defying but she actually ended up living longer she got over the cancer and then ended up on this real life and that's where i first saw her and that's where Mm -hmm. i first kind of found out about you know, who she was and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. And then yeah. the surreal life ended and then I forgot about her again until her illness came back. 
Yeah. And, and I, I will give her this. You know, I, I do think that she played a giant role in in all the fraud and everything because she was implicit with it. Like she was like, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but she was she was definitely in the wrong. She knew it. There's no way she didn't know that that Jim was defrauding millions of people. There's no way that she did not know that. Um, when she was, I think there was that other thing on the interview where she's talking. I was thinking with Ted Koppel, and he's like, she was talking about how I love the shop. You know, it's it's better than a drug addiction. You know, which is which is ironic. <laughs> it's better than being addicted to drugs. <laughs> which is like, oh yeah, like you already are addicted to drugs. You're also addicted to shopping, um, which which isn't which is not any better. In fact, both are very destructive, but in different ways. So, she, despite all of that, you know, despite the fact that I do feel that she's not a fucking angel. I'm sorry. I get. I have a lot of respect for her for coming on TV, riddled with cancer an absolute skeleton, a ghost, and still putting on a game face and still having, you know, the utmost confidence that things will be okay. This was by far the most disturbing part of the documentary for me personally, because this, I remembered this, seeing this on Larry King, when she went on Larry King and, and talked about how she had inoperable lung cancer Mm -hmm. I remember, so I saw her in The Surreal Life, and she looked she looked like an older lady, but, you know, she still looked, you know, like her. And yeah. then I, like, stopped paying attention, and I forget about her, and I forget about the show. And then I see her on Larry King Live a few years later, and good God, that cancer had, like, eaten her into a, a mm -hmm. ghoulish-looking skeleton she yep. was so disturbing to look at and i i'm i'm sorry if that's coming off as insensitive but it was just very very difficult to even look at her the courage that she displayed though was admirable i mean to do that yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what you would call that if it, if it was courage or her just trying to like get into the spotlight one last time before she died nah, you know i would say it's courage oh i mean what was the point like, how how often well she she was you know there to 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 um to show that you know this is this is what happens when you die and it's you know it's not always as bad and as 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 horrible as some people make it out to you can have you can face it with a smile face it with confidence uh, it was just it, it's like it's like when a dog gets like half run over in the road and like, you know, it's probably going to die and it's sitting there like like crawling to the end of the road. And it's like, you know, it, you're just watching something dying in front of you. I, I, and yeah, be in I think pain. It's a, I think I think her instance is a lot different than a. Well, I'm just saying from my end on my my perception yeah. of it is is that okay. example. Like that's how I perceived it and it was Well, think about how how many people would have the courage to do that to show up on on, on national television looking like that. Yeah, I mean it was it was something like it, it, I you know that's what I'm talking If you about. guys want to like google that, I'm not even going to post the picture to the group because she looks very That's why I have I have a lot of I have I have 
have some, a decent amount of respect for her for that. That being said, she go and search Tammy Faye Messner, Tammy Faye Baker cancer or whatever, and you'll and they'll you'll see the Larry King. I don't agree with the people though who want to like gloss over her part in this whole thing because oh she has a nice heart and she showed up on Larry King looking like death. Like I I mean. Give her some respect. She deserves it for that, those kind of things, for being an advocate for the gay community, for uh, being showing so much courage. But couldn't in, in her, couldn't in her, one in her and her, her own end times? But Mike will not be derailed. She was. She should. She should have been indicted <laughs> along with everyone else. Couldn't one argue though that she was just uh, the whole gay community thing? She was just kind of milking that. Yet, yet another. Uh, she saw another resource to exploit, much like her husband. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, she was saying while she was going through all that stuff, she said that the main people who stuck by her were the gay community. So it's like, she, well, yeah. Who else? Who else is going to stick by her other than well, her my husband? My point is, is that she saw that this community was sticking by her, and she's thinking, "Say, there might be gold in them there hills." Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I think about it because like that. she would do like speaking. I, I, think, I think she genuinely. I think she genuinely. She would do. She uh, would do speaking engagements where she would speak at these places for you know, and and mainly gay people would show up, and it's like that's her. That's her audience, if you will. You know, that's so she's well, playing. Yeah, but I, I, she's playing to I, that. I feel to a certain extent. That audience started because of that documentary. It wasn't there at the start. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying that. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like she kind of shilled herself out to the gay community because she uh, saw that's kind of where. I mean, that's a possibility. It's a possibility. I'm not but saying I'm, it's 100. percent gonna... but it's a. I'm not going to make that assumption. Like, I, I mean, compared to what Jim Baker is doing now, like what she was doing, you know, was was actually some good. Work. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell us about what Jim Baker is doing now? So Jim Baker is back again on television. He even has an, he's a, another another woman. He's married a woman named Lori. And I remember hearing about this because. I think H3H3 did a video about it, and I think uh, the guys, uh, Rhett and Link at Good Mythical Morning, they did a video where they tried all these foods. They tried the, the, the buckets, the apocalypse. Oh, my God. And so that's when I first heard about it, and, and I, I completely forgot that it was Jim Baker that was doing all of this. So now Jim Baker is... Whoring himself out and trying to manipulate doomsday preppers. That's what he's doing now. So I try to find uh so this is what he's doing. So he now has the Jim Baker show, which is uh broadcast at the Studio City Cafe. In Branson, Missouri. It started broadcasting in January 2003 with his second wife, Lori. It is carried on Angel One, CTN, Daystar, GB America, Impact Network, WGN, WHT, TCT Network, The World Network, Hope TV, uh, Canada. And most of Baker's audience receives his program on DirecTV and Dish Network. Baker condemned the prosperity theology that he took part uh, in earlier in his career. 
uh, and has embraced apocalypticism, which apparently is its own thing now. Now, he says he condemned the prosperity thing, but he's still asking people for money. <laughs> he's still asking for donations. He, he's essentially, it seems like QVC, like a Christian QVC, like CVC, right? That's what his show seems yeah. like. Oh, totally. Show. I mean, that's what I thought the show was. I mean, it's totally formatted and 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 blocked yeah. like a, you know, like a like a commerce infomercial type dealio. So his show has a millennial survivalist focus, and he sells buckets of freeze dried food to his audience in preparation for the end days or end times. And oh my God, there's a video they show in this documentary, and I think it's the one that I saw on. Uh, H3 the H3 episode or some other episode on YouTube and it is cringe city cringe beyond belief with this heavy set guy singing uh, some really terrible song to the tune of my girl <laughs> but that, 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 don't they like change the lyrics to like and they insert yeah. all kinds of doom days pre- yeah. Yeah. oh my god that's so that's so like typical Jim Baker shit to do and freeze dried food <laughs> i can't believe they let his ass back on on tv that's insane now the people who are interviewed in the documentary they couldn't believe it either and he looks he looks totally different now by the way he, do, he doesn't even look like the jim baker you i mean he he does he didn't look like tammy faye looked when she was he looks kind of like uh um what richard dreyfus kind of looked like i feel like he you know, i feel like he and... looks more like uh david cross like the comedian david <laughs> cross like that's a little that's how he looks now um bald like he lost all his hair and he's like got he's all gray and he's wearing glasses like I guess he went prematurely, Gray, because like I thought it looks like Bob Balaban. I don't know if you recognize Bob Balaban. He was in uh, uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, I know who that time. is. He was also in Seinfeld. Yeah, he was uh, the red bearded guy in Seinfeld who was the TV executive guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he had a red beard at the time. He was just like bald and like a little bit. But yeah, I. I he he reminds me of Bob Balaban now. Um, apparently he made a lot of prophecies and statements. In October 2017, Baker said that God will punish those who ridicule him. <laughs> I guess we're going to be punished by God, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we better prepare our, our buttholes for the punishment. Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, he has said that Hurricane Harvey was a judgment of God. What an asshole. He blamed Hurricane Matthew on President Barack Obama. What a racist prick. Baker predicted that if current President Donald Trump is impeached, Christians would begin a second American civil war. He compared the 2017 Washington train derailment to the sinking of the Titanic and say the Amtrak train derailment was a warning from God. He also claimed that he predicted the September 11th attacks of 2001 stating that he saw 9-11 in 1999 before New Year's Eve, and that there would be terrorism and bombings in New York City and Washington, D.C. Of course, all of this after the fact. It's really easy to make predictions if you're making predictions... After they happen? Long after yeah. they happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, not really days predicting after the anything Stoneman, at that point. Yeah. A few days after the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, he stated that in a dream, God came to him wearing a camouflage, a hunting vest... 
and an AR-15 rifle. Oh my god. Strapped to his back and claimed that... Sorry. I can't fucking help it. It's so fucking hilarious. AR-15 rifle strapped to his back and claimed that God supported Trump's plan to arm teachers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine that Im that image is hilarious? Fucking bald David Cross just walking up with the fucking AR-15 around. Yeah. No, it was God. It was he said he was imagine God came to him wearing oh, the camera. Uh, Jesus is back, and this time he's not asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh fuck. All right, man. This fucking podcast has <laughs> run way too long. I am fucking starving. I want to quickly mention one th more thing, though. Um, there was a TV movie made about the fall of Jim and Tammy Faye in 1990 because Jim and Tammy Faye sold their uh, rights to a television network. And it's called Fall from Grace. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because it featured a then-unknown Kevin Spacey and Bernadette Peters. Now, Bernadette Peters wasn't really an unknown at the time, but Kevin Spacey was a clear unknown. This is one of his first roles. Oh, wow. And I find that so eerie. Yeah. Because years later, Kevin Spacey would be embroiled in a scandal of his own that involved sexual abuse. Yeah. So he got his big break playing Jim Baker, a man who was known for many things, including sexual abuse. So it is so eerie. And just watching those clips and stuff, it's just like, oh my God, wow. It's like, that's Kevin Spacey? Like, holy shit. So, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to mention that. that that's on YouTube, I think, uh, the movie... I don't know if I want to watch it really though, because like it's just I just feel seedy or just kind of dirty watching. Because knowing Kevin Spacey, it's like li it's life imitating art, you know? Yeah, I don't With know. This, and then he does this weird ass confession when he's in character, or not confession, but that weird video Spacey recently made yeah. where he's like in character from House of Cards or whatever. That was so yeah. fucking weird. He's a damn good oh, actor. Oh, he is. Though, no. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, you can't take that away from him. And apparently, the, all this shit's still alleged, and it's not, you know, he hasn't been convicted. So, who knows? Who knows? It's probably shitty, Unlike though. Jim Baker, he was, you know, who was convicted. It, it's, it's, it's true. He was a total con artist. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the saga of Jim and Tammy Faye. I would recommend checking out the documentary, Unfaithfully Yours, a 2020 documentary, if you have Hulu uh, or if you have another way to see it, uh, if you thought this is interesting and was, was fun. Uh, the documentary goes over everything we talked about, but in even more detail and uh, with a lot of just really great interviews and just wonderful editing and overall, just a really high quality, uh, solid documentary. And you get to see a very um, elderly Ted Koppel who still has amazing hair. Yes. He still has an amazing voice, too. I'm Ted Koppel. I'm going to interview you. 
whether you like it or not. <laughs> Pilgrim. Dana Carvey's Dana, I think Dana Carvey did a parody of him uh when he when he came on SNL after the, the Dana Carvey show Crash and Burn and uh it was like just hilarious and really well received. So cuz he actually did a parody of him on the Dana Carvey show um but that was before it was axed. But um anyway, Which is another good uh, documentary yeah. by the way. Oh yeah, the the oh what two too too funny to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, too funny to fail. Yeah, that is another great documentary about the Dana Carvey show. So anyway, um, <laughs> on this very special episode of Home Improvement, you know, <laughs> Randy has might have cancer or whatever. Uh, and then uh, up next, oh yeah, <laughs> Doctor Pepper presents. That's <laughs> <laughs> the Dana Carvey. Show. Oh shit! All right. Well, anyway, guys, that's the podcast. Thank you for hanging in there. I'm fucking starving. This is a long one. Jeez. Maybe you should order some uh, of Jim Baker's uh, Apocalypse. I'm fitting to go to La Napolera and get some <laughs> damn Mexican food and uh, eat that. And uh, then just uh, enjoy whatever's left of my Saturday. Um, if you want to find me and Mike separately, but also equally and entertainingly... That was a bad sentence. You can find us on YouTube. You can find Mike at uh, youtube.com slash OCP communications. He's a movie guy. He talks about movies. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what movie you talked about this week, Mike, because I'm I'm trying to get out of here because I'm starving. I'll just say it super fast. It was Bad Influence, huh. a 1990 film uh, directed by Curtis Hansen starring James Spader and Rob Lowe. Nice. So if you want to check that out, you should go and look up Mike's channel. If you want to look up my channel, it's uh, youtube.com slash slash dancing with ghosts uh i have been so busy trying to finish this album uh that i have not been uh, super active on the site lately although i plan on uh changing that tonight hopefully i might, might write a script for a new video or something uh i do also want to announce that the album is completed you might hear an ad for that at the end of this uh this podcast um if i get around to that but uh yeah the the album is done it is a definitive edition. Our best songs, uh, the songs from my first album, Coin Escotzi, have been redone and remastered and retracked with Stephanie's vocals. Um, some of the songs have been rewritten. There are two brand new songs on the album. It's got a um, full page, uh, full color uh, booklet with um, images in there. Um, there are lore to our characters in the book. There are uh, lyrics for every song. Um and yeah, it really is a, the, the definitive Dancing with Ghosts album. So, um, you know, check that out. And, um, you know, at the very least, you'll get two brand new songs and you're supporting me and you're getting a cool, cool new artwork and a physical thing that you can hold in your hand. So uh, I'll be uh, promoting how you can buy that and all in the next few days because it's not out yet. But by the time you hear this, it probably will be. Uh, anyway, for me and Mike, that's all Tom we got. Until next week, have a good rest of your day or night. Goodbye. See ya.
Ladies and gentlemen, my band Dancing with Ghosts' new album is finally complete. The name of the album is Hex. I've taken all my best songs and put them onto one album. Some tracks have been remastered. Some have been remixed. Some songs are completely new, like the one you're hearing in the background. Plus, Stephanie, the second lead singer of this band, has been added to all the songs that were previously off my first album, Koi and Eskazi. There's new artwork, pictures, lore. That's right, I said lore. And lyrics to every song in this eight-page booklet. This album is exclusively available in CD format right now on Bandcamp.com. No Spotify yet. The link is available in the bio of this podcast. Also, Stephanie and I will happily sign any album that is purchased. Thank you again for your amazing support. Didn't mind her.